This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G Sports.com. Got plenty to talk about today. Obviously, Arkansas taking the show on the road to Starkville to take on the number 23-ranked Mississippi State Bulldogs. We're going to have Paul Jones, the co-publisher over at Gene's page, to give us a little more insight on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And also, Curtis Wilkerson is going to chime in with his thoughts on the game and also provide a little bit of basketball context as well. All that and more on today's episode of Hogsports Live. And before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. If you haven't followed the page yet, be sure to do so and share the content with somebody else if you think they might like it. Also, throw us a like on this video. Also available on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the page and hit the notifications bell if you haven't done so already. Like the video, share, comment, all that kind of good stuff certainly helps the algorithms. Also, uh, if you haven't thrown us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we would love to have that from you as well. Certainly again, helps the podcast uh, get promoted and and get in front of other people's eyes. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. And Hog Sports is just $1 right now for your first month at hawgsports.com or 30% off for your first year. We're going to jump right into it, I guess. All right, so this game is 11 a.m., SEC Network. Mississippi State's ranked 23rd. Arkansas is, what, 29th, if you want to go that way. I've seen them 32 in the uh, CBS list. But just outside the top 25 as a 3-2 and two team, I mean, there's still plenty of respect there. They lost two games. They they should be four and damn one right now. I think we're going to look back at that, at that Texas A&M loss and say, wow, that was that was bad. This is the 33, 33rd meeting between the two programs, 16th game in Starkville. Arkansas owns an 18-13-1 lead in the all-time series, including an 8-7 lead in the series in road games. Arkansas has won each of the last two meetings under Sam Pittman. Let's see here. So Mississippi State lost to – LSU. All right. I want to mention this first. Got to, got to mention this. If you're having internet issues or you don't like your service 
then you should check out Ozarks Go. So Ozarks Go is uh, mainly up in northwest Arkansas, eastern Oklahoma, think north of the tunnel. But there's a great way to find out if the service is available to you. You just go to ozarksgo.net slash hog. That's H-A-W-G. And you can find out all the information you need to know about Ozarks Go. I've been using them for over a year before they became the sponsor of this program. And I wouldn't endorse a product if I didn't believe in it. The thing that I love about Ozarks Go is I never think about these guys. They came in and installed it, and it's been over a year, and I haven't thought about them once until we started talking about doing this deal. So uh, great service. Never have to worry about the Internet cutting out. That has never been a problem for me. I'm never unplugging or replugging. But go to ozarksgo.net slash hog and you can find out more about them you can also call them at 479-684-4900 but i recommend going to the website as the best way to reach them trade bitty stamp of approval on those guys certainly appreciate the service i've had and i've had a lot of other people before and uh and they've been the best by far and that's not me just saying what i need to say that's the truth all right so Mississippi State beat Memphis in their opener, 49-23 in Starkville. Then they went on the road to Arizona, won 40, uh, excuse me, 39-17. They lost to LSU, 16-31. We're going to look at that game a little bit. Beat Bowling Green, 45-14, two weeks ago. And then last week, of course, beat 42, beat Texas A&M, 42-24, like Arkansas should have. These guys are feeling good about themselves. This is their third straight home game. They've routed their last two opponents, bounced back after a tough loss. Now, what did, what did LSU do? They, first of all, they held Will Rogers to 24-42 passing for 214 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He had 22 yards and losses on sacks. So, I mean, basically, they stopped him from running the ball. They only had 75 yards rushing. They only had 214 yards passing. I mean, so that's the recipe. Just hold them under 300 yards and boom. <laughs> uh, LSU ran for a lot of yards, 222 yards. This has not been a defense that's been particularly stout against the run. I mean, that gives you some encouragement. Obviously, we all want to talk about the situation with K.J. Jefferson. If K.J. Jefferson can play, Arkansas has got a shot to go down there and win despite their poorest defense. Uh, if he can't, it's going to be really difficult. It's going to be really difficult, whether that means Malik Hornsby or Cade Fortin. I mean – it's your first road game in the SEC, your first true road game, and you're talking about a backup quarterback coming in if K.J. can't go. And he practiced a little bit Wednesday. I don't know. Who knows what that means? That could mean through on the sideline. It could mean individual drills. It could mean one-on-ones. It could mean half a practice in full. But Sam Pittman has said if he didn't practice Wednesday, then he, you know, obviously probably wasn't playing. They're going to travel him and everything. What I expect to happen is for KJ to dress out, to go through warm-ups, to travel with the team, go through warm-ups and all that stuff and and not play. That's what I think is going to happen just based on these types of injuries, though they haven't said the word concussion or concussion protocol or any of that stuff. But when it has been that, I don't think I've ever seen a guy make it to the, the next game. He usually sits out a game no matter what. So we'll see. And if it's not K.J., if it's Cade Fortin or Malik Warnsby, on the road, your first SEC game on the road, and a defense that can't cover a tackle against an air raid offense. That's not the kind of support you want for your first-time starter at quarterback on the road in the SEC against a team you beat twice 
And Mississippi State also, I mean, they threw for 417 yards against Arkansas secondary last year, which is pretty good compared to past Arkansas secondaries. Pretty good secondary. 417 yards, that's Monteric Brown and uh, Miles Slusher. And Miles Slusher, I, I, it seems like he's not going to be available for this one too. We don't, we don't know yet, but he's got a calf injury. He certainly wasn't ready to go against Alabama when they put him out there. Uh, looked really slow. So they need to get him back healthy. I don't know that it's going to happen for this game. But they're beat up in the secondary on top of everything. Catalan, Slusher, Ladarius Bishop's out. They're shifting some things around. They've got uh, Hudson Clark working some at middle safety. He'll probably play both safety and corner, I would, I would suspect. Samuel Bakke, the freshman wide receiver, has moved to cornerback to shore things up. I don't think you're going to see those guys play Saturday. I don't think you'll see him get in the game. I mean, who, who knows, in meaningful parts of the game. I don't think you'll see him get in. But they kind of got to do it to get through practices. A difference them with them this year versus last year, they're the home team. They've got Will Rogers back, obviously. But they also have a kicker now who is good from 53 yards out. He's 4-5 or five on the year. And that was a big problem for them last year, especially against Arkansas. Just looking at a couple of picks around the country. This line is insane, what's happened. It started out – so Caesars Sportsbook on Sunday afternoon came out with Arkansas at plus three and a half. It is nine and a half now. And a lot of that's, you know, because of all the stuff about K.J. Jefferson if he doesn't play. Uh, but it also means all the money's going on Mississippi State. I kind of, you know, from a universe standpoint, kind of like that for Arkansas. <laughs> Everybody thinks it's going to go this way. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes stuff happens. Heck, they could lose their quarterback. Their quarterback could get injured. Then maybe it's a level playing field, you know. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can happen in college football games. But just pairing these teams up side by side, how they're playing right now, Arkansas hasn't played a complete game. I I'm, I'm definitely would say, uh, you know, there's been obviously some things that have happened that have been – bad for Arkansas in terms of injuries. They've been hit by injuries in, you know, in the secondary, especially especially at safety. And, I mean, but on top of that, they're just not – they're not playing really well. They, they haven't played four quarters. I'm not sure they played two quarters. <laughs> but they haven't played – I mean, think about it. Cincinnati might have been the best game they've played in their opener. Uh, South Carolina, they gave up a ton of passing yards late in the game. Now, they were always pretty much in control, but they're also just a lot better than South Carolina, and they're the home team. Missouri State, 17-0, jumped out 17-0. And they came back and fought, but good teams don't let teams like that jump out on them like that. You know, you look at – I'm not comparing Arkansas to Alabama, but I guess I am. But, you know, Alabama wiped the floor with anybody that they played that they overmatched. Like you, you should. You should just clobber those teams. Um, so that was, you know, obviously a bad sign. Then they go to Texas A&M. They've got what should be a better team than Texas A&M. They let the game slide from mistakes, making mistakes, Texas A&M making them pay for it. And that's, that's football. comes down so much to making mistakes. And so Arkansas, can they avoid mistakes in this one? Can they be the team that turns Mississippi State over? Can they be the team that blocks a punt? They need that kind of stuff to happen to win this game. Good news, I think it's an 11 o'clock game. I asked Sam Pittman about that. He likes an 11 o'clock road game. That would be his preference, and mainly because of the crowd. I would agree with him on that. 
He's tortured those kids all week playing those cowbells. And they're going to listen to it for four hours. And so are you if you're going to the game. Ruin an experience for you. The ESPN FPI. Oh, by the way, okay, so Chris Hummer from our national desk, he's got Mississippi State 27, Arkansas 24, so he likes Arkansas to cover. And Brad Crawford has Mississippi State 30, Arkansas 23. So – I guess he likes Arkansas to cover, but they were also picking when the line was five and a half. <laughs> so he may change that to adjust because I saw in a video later that he liked a Mississippi State to cover. So that was an old betting line, but they were still considering K.J. Jefferson being out. And who knows how things – if it's me, I don't know who – I think I might go with Malik Hornsby at quarterback. But at the same time, if Fortin is a really good passer and he can get the ball to those wide receivers, maybe that gives you a shot. I just don't like the idea of, okay, you got two passing quarterbacks, your guy's Cade Fortin and their guy's Will Rogers versus maybe an X-factor type in Malik Hornsby. And we've seen Malik Hornsby do some really good things on the field. Penn State, Texas A&M last year. I mean, he should have let a touchdown drive in his quarter of action against uh, Texas A&M last year, but it ended up in a field goal. There was a drop in the end zone. So – I don't know. To me, I kind of like Horns being there, but I also don't know a whole lot about Cade Fortin other than he can, you know, throw the ball and the coaches really liked him since he had enrolled in the spring. 75.7% says the ESPN FPI in favor of Mississippi State winning the game. Where do we want to go next? By the way, get your questions in because we're going to get to those here in just a little bit. I'm kind of thinking somewhere in the range of if KJ could go, I would say something like 31-27 Mississippi State or Arkansas. It could go either way, I think, if KJ played. Without him, it kind of feels more like 38-21 Mississippi State, something like that. So I'm going to kind of go – I'm going to split it in the middle just because we don't know, although I don't think he's going to play. And that's just me guessing. I I don't have any – nobody's told me that. But I'm thinking – in fact, I've heard – people have told me that, but they've also told me both ways. <laughs> so um, it, there's a lot, of, a lot of information going both ways there. So I'm thinking maybe like 34-24 Mississippi State. So I would have them covering, just kind of splitting it down the middle. But if KJ plays, all bets are off. Uh, the latest bowl projection for Arkansas has them playing Maryland in the Music City Bowl. Not a super exciting matchup, but there are worse bowl games. And, you know, it's just kind of steadily gone down. Last week I think it was Gator Bowl, so I don't know if that's a better bowl than Music City. Probably pretty similar. CBS has Arkansas 32, as I mentioned. I want to go over this real quick. We're about to get to Paul Jones, but when I ranked – in the preseason, I ranked Arkansas's uh, toughest opponents, and I had Mississippi State third. And a lot of people were like, ah, that's, you know, they're not the third tough. But I also had Texas A&M second. I don't think that was accurate at all. But uh, Alabama, Texas A&M, and Mississippi State were my top three toughest opponents on this schedule. And it has a lot to do with, you know, being on the road and, you know, being in a split crowd and those kinds of things also versus, you know, playing a home game against like an LSU or something. So, it's kind of interesting. This is a three-game stretch where the, I feel like those are the, the three toughest opponents. All right. I want to get to Paul now. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Paul Jones is the co-publisher over at Gene's Page. It's the Mississippi State side on 24-7 Sports. You can follow him at PJ247Sports. He does a great job over there. And we've had him on. I think this is our third year to have him on helping us preview this game. Hello. Hey, Paul. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, Paul, I, uh, I just kind of want to jump into it. We did a little question exchange, so I don't want to veer too far from that. Uh, but if you could just update us starting out on the uh, Mississippi State injury slash suspension report, who's been out and who might be returning for Mississippi State in this one? Well, it, you know, uh, judging from practice this week, of course we don't get to watch and we have to kind of use our sources and, and see who's coming off the practice fields before mm-hmm. we do interviews. But uh, it doesn't look like starting left tackle, Contravious Johnson will be playing this week. I don't think he's practiced uh, at all this week. I believe he has a – <clears throat> pretty bad ankle sprain he missed last weekend and and with his absence they just moved left guard nick jones to left tackle mm-hmm. and then inserted Stephen lasoya at left guard in the starting lineup so don't expect him to play and uh don't expect jade crummity three-year starter at defensive tackle he got hurt late in training camp a, a wrist injury and he has not played this year and he's probably still a couple of weeks away from playing and then Backup linebacker Deshaun Page, uh, he got injured, I believe, uh, in the Bowling Green game, which was two weeks ago, and uh, he's not expected to play this weekend either. But outside of that, they should be relatively healthy. Again, Paul Jones joining us, Gene Page, co-publisher. You can follow him at PJ247Sports on Twitter. And, hey, I wanted to ask you this. This wasn't in our question exchange, but – uh, the LSU game, uh, LSU did a, a great job of uh, limiting Will Rogers in that one and uh, not a lot of rushing yards. Definitely, um, I think he had 22 yards and losses also. What was it about that game that that LSU did to limit them? And it, could that possibly be maybe a formula or a recipe for Arkansas? Yeah, I mean, you got to have those speed rushers like LSU does. And, uh, you know, I think that caused Rogers to get off his game, but you know, to be honest with you, Trey, LSU did almost the same thing that Arizona did to Mississippi State the week before. And what I mean by that is Mississippi State had pretty good success running the football in the first half against Arizona and LSU. Uh, Arizona started creeping more guys in the box. LSU did the same thing. But the difference was State made passing. You know, they made, they made plays in the passing game against Arizona and against LSU, Will Rogers was off uh, when he was on target. They dropped passes. I think they had seven or eight drop passes in that game. Uh, so, you know, they, 
they got LSU to creep up in the box kind of how they want to, but they just didn't make plays in the passing game. And uh, to me, that was a big factor. Well, we're familiar with Dylan Johnson, Jaquavius Marks, Makai Polk is gone, um, Jaden Wally's off his pace from 2022. What what are what are some of the guys that we need to be aware of, and and who's been jumping out? Obviously, Thomas would be one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it seems like it's been like I told you, it's uh, been a different guy each week. I mean, Rufus Harvey in the slot has made plays. Uh, Jaden Wally made them earlier in the season, not so much lately. Uh, He's been playing a good bit, just hadn't been targeted much. Of course, you mentioned Rod Rod Thomas. Uh, Caleb Ducking, I think he ranks either second or third in the SEC in touchdown catches. Uh, Justin Robinson came on last week and, and had his best game so far uh, at Mississippi State. He's a former Georgia transfer. Uh, so it, it's been different guys each week. I would say that probably overall, Rod Rod Thomas and Caleb Ducking have been the most consistent. Uh, but Rufus Harvey's really played well here lately in the slot position. And if you look at their distribution of, of catches, it's really been the outside receivers trade that have done most mm-hmm. of the work. Uh, obviously, Wally's off his game this year and, and what he did as a freshman and sophomore, and he's in the slot. But, you know, with that slot group, Rufus Harvey's easily been the best and the most productive so far. But it's mainly been those outside guys, Rod, Rod Thomas, Medici Griffin, Caleb Dunking, Justin Robinson. You look on paper at this team at, at Zach Arnett's defense, and the numbers look better, you know, each of the last three years that he's been there. Uh, you mentioned this is the 3-3-5 scheme with a fondness for, blit- for blitzing. Uh, some similarities, I guess, in that regard to Arkansas, but has a propensity to give up big plays. What are your thoughts on this defense? And, uh, I mean, they, they've not been great against the run. Can Arkansas run on them? I think they can. Uh, you know, some of that is kind of misconstrued because they've given up a lot of rushing yards in garbage time. And, you know, LSU ran on Mississippi State late, but that's after the defense had been on the field pretty much the whole fourth quarter uh, thanks to drop passes on third downs and a buff punt inside Mississippi State's 10-yard line. And, uh, you know, the, the the key to me last week against Texas A&M was they've got the depth. Some of it's inexperienced, but – uh, they they kept plugging in guys last week against A&M. It started in the first first quarter with a lot of substitutions, and they kept guys fresh. And I think, you know, I think I saw where PFF had them with 20 quarterback pressures, and I think a lot of that was related to just having fresh guys on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're going to give up some big plays every now and then in his scheme because he is going to blitz. He's going to blitz corner safeties, linebackers. Uh, we've even seen some different looks from Arnett the past couple of weeks, they've actually had, at times, a lot of times, four linebackers on the field mm-hmm. uh, in that three-three-five and changed it up. And even it had five linebackers at one time with two down linemen. Uh, so it, it, you kind of seeing Arnett do some different things here the last couple of weeks. And obviously that goes by opponent by opponent. But, you know, I would imagine that they may be about as close to base against Arkansas, especially with their run game. You know, that's what they got to stop first. Paul Jones joining us again at PJ247Sports on Twitter. You can follow him there. He's the co-publisher at Gene's Page, the 24-7 sports site for Mississippi State. Jaden Daniels had some success. Here's what I want to ask you, Paul. If you were Arkansas, 
who would you start against Mississippi State? Would you start the electric dual threat guy? Because, I mean, I, I think of Malik Hornsby as more of a maybe a Jaden Daniels types, uh, type of guy. Or would you start, you know, maybe the more traditional drop back passer against Mississippi State? I mean, if you're going to start the dual threat, it, it, obviously he's going to have to be like Daniels. Mm-hmm. What Daniels hurt Mississippi State so bad was on those third and long where you got everything covered and he'd scramble for a first down and keep those chains moving. And they just killed Mississippi State on some drives. But, you know, for three quarters, they had him pretty hammed up until that fourth quarter when they gave out. But, uh, you know, I, I think you can find positives for each. Uh, you know, you, you may want to go with the, the standard drop-back passer against Mississippi State. Um, I would say also, though, that the running quarterback, you know, Mississippi State has decent speed at linebacker, but it's it's not, I wouldn't call it good speed. Uh, that kind of hurt him against Daniels and trying to find a spot against Daniels. And, uh, you know, that could be the same case here with Hornsby and, and just trying to keep up with his legs. That may be, be a, you know, that could be a benefit for Arkansas for sure. And, you know, it's going to be interesting, too, because, uh, Daniel Watson has to sit out the first half. He's a starting Mike linebacker, and, and he's a guy that does have above average speed and uh, can get pressure on quarterbacks. But he got ejected mm-hmm. in the second ha- half of that A&M game, so he's got to sit out. Uh, but it, it'll be interesting to see what, what Arkansas does. And, you know, obviously, if K.J. Jefferson plays, I think that changes the dynamics completely as far as what they want to do. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask you, a question in two parts, but how do you see this game playing out on Saturday? And we'll we'll give maybe one score prediction if KJ Jefferson does play, and another if he does not. You know, I, I put in my <clears throat> outlook and prediction this week that uh, Arkansas is a desperate team, and you know you lose two in a row in the SEC, and um, you know that sense of urgency kicks in, and we see it happen all the time, Trey, in the SEC. Mm-hmm. I mean, just when you're ready to to pull a plug on a team, they'll get a big road win or get a big home win and, and just fight off that monkey and, and get on back on the winning streak. And, you know, I think Arkansas is obviously in that position. Of course, there's no shame in getting beat, you know, by A&M and, and Alabama. They say A&M in a neutral setting and Alabama at home. But, those, you know, that is life in SEC West. They come quick every weekend and, and there are no breaks. But, you know, I think if, if KJ is not playing – I could see Mississippi State possibly winning by more than a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And I think if K.J. Jefferson does play, I think you could have a four-quarter game uh, that could come down to the final minutes. Uh, like I said, I, I think I fully expect Arkansas to have that sense of urgency. And, you know, sometimes that's what it takes to uh, to snap that winning streak, the losing streak. Paul Jones has joined us, PJ247Sports on Twitter. He's the co-publisher of Gene Page of Gene's page on 24-7 Sports, the Mississippi State site, and does a great job. And we really appreciate having you on, Paul. Thanks for joining us. Anytime, man. All right, everybody. Again, Paul Jones with Gene's page on 24-7 Sports. And we're going to move over to Curtis Wilkerson. Some good insight there. And really almost kind of makes you feel a little bit different about some things when you talk about some of the injuries that they have on the offensive line, having to shovel some things around. He talked about the need for um, the opponent to limit Will Rogers to have a really good pass rush. And Arkansas is, uh, what, second in the country right now uh, in, uh, in sacks. So they're obviously getting to the quarterback. And then, you know, the just the component when you compare what LSU did against them and Jaden Daniels and 
how, you know, he's kind of got some similar qualities as Malik Hornsby in terms of speed, picking up yardage on third downs and stuff. So maybe that's a way to go for Arkansas uh, to possibly bounce back. And I do agree with what he said in terms of, you know, having that mentality of us against the world on the road and your backs are kind of against the wall after losing two tough SEC games. All right, we're going to go to Curtis Wilkerson now. For those of you who don't follow Curtis, you can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore on Twitter. Again, another guy who does a great job for us, and he's going to provide a little bit of basketball insight as well. Hey, hey Curtis, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing real good. Um, I was just speaking with Paul Jones a little bit. He actually, you know, made it kind of seem like Arkansas could have a chance just based on some of the factors when you consider maybe the pass rush uh, that Arkansas can provide on defense and some of the issues that they've had on the offensive line and, you know, at quarterback, the, some of the struggles they had against Jaden Daniel at, at LSU. So um, maybe made a few Arkansas fans feel a little bit better because I know it seems like the world <laughs> is about to end, you know, especially when you come off two losses, even if they're to Texas A&M and Alabama. Yeah, is, is something going on? Is there is there like a quarterback conundrum or something at Arkansas right now? I, I haven't heard. Exactly. Uh, no, it's 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 true. You know, it's, there's a lot going on. I think even coming into this game before, you know, the the situation or or potential situation or whatever we want to call it at this point with KJ, uh, you're a little worried about it just based on obviously, you know, what, what Mississippi State's been able to do with Will Rogers in that third year of the air raid. Uh, you know, against this Arkansas secondary that's it's, it's been struggling. It's banged up. You know, they're they're moving guys around trying to figure it out. So. Uh, there was already some concern, and, and now you don't know exactly what your quarterback situation is looking like. So I, 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 I guess I share in the sentiment of being uh, maybe a little bit skeptical or, or worried about what might happen on Saturday. I, I guess we'll see. You've been taking a look at this uh, Mississippi State defense and how they match up with Arkansas. What are you seeing generally, Curtis? Well, I, I tell you what, the first thing that jumps out to me, you know, about Mississippi State is how active and aggressive they are in that three-three-five. Uh, you know, a lot of movement up front. They've got creative pressures. Uh, you know, they run blitz. They attack the A-gap. They come off the edge. They'll send the safety. Uh, mm -hmm. So just a lot of different looks. You know, I, I think awareness and recognition are going to be really important in this game for Arkansas. And, you know, when you think about that, you feel really good about Arkansas's veteran offensive line. You know, they've talked about it. Uh, these guys have been starting together for the most part the last couple of years. They've prepared for this Mississippi State look before. Uh, so you feel pretty good from that front. I, I think you're confident in Rocket, your running backs. You know, but then it gets a little bit dicey maybe. I, I think it's going to be key for those wide receivers when they see Mississippi State going into those total uh, blitz packages, uh, you know, to automatically go hot. You know, Sam Pittman mm -hmm. talked about that. Those guys are going to have to get some early separation. They're going to have to start winning some of those one-on-ones and, and making some tough catches, helping out the quarterbacks. But that's what it comes down to, right? I mean, if you have KJ, I love KJ in this game because of his experience, uh, you know, his ability to go off script and make plays. You talked about Jaden Daniels at LSU. Uh, he really gave him fits. You know, he threw for 200, ran for 100. I heard Paul mention it. Uh, a lot of big plays with his legs on third and long. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that KJ can do for you. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's not a knock at all on Cade Fortin or Malik Hornsby. But to me, you know, if Arkansas has to go that route, uh, it, it could be a little bit of a long day. I mean, it's not easy for any quarterback to win on the road in the SEC, but if you have to turn to a backup who hasn't seen a lot of live bullets, you know, against a team that'll pin its ears back and come after you, that's a tough ask. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out on Saturday. Especially when you look at your support on the other side of the ball and the defense just is not playing well. So it's not like 
you're going to rely on them to try to keep you know keep the score real low. Uh, who who yeah. would you play if uh, KJ can't go? Would you go with Fortin or Hornsby? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm so torn on that because, you know, like I said, I, I think it's really important for, you know, just the just the awareness and the recognition part of it. Mm-hmm. And so when I think from that standpoint, you know, maybe Fortin is the answer there. You know, it seems like they trust him, uh, his decision making, some of the things he can do with the ball. Uh, but I keep going back to, you know, I, I think Malik Hornsby. Uh, man, maybe he's a little bit of a wild card. I don't know, but it seems like he's got a high ceiling. He's got some of that explosive potential. Uh, and I do think Arkansas is going to have to improvise uh, and, and have, you know, have some situations where maybe they make something out of nothing in this game. So from that standpoint, uh, Hornsby seems like the guy that can do it. You know, there's there's some electricity in him when he's got the ball. Mm-hmm. And maybe that comes with its share of mistakes, but it, I think it also comes with its share of upside. So, uh, you know, if I had to pick, uh, I, I would probably go with Hornsby if it was me, but I, you know, we've heard Sam Pittman say it, and, and it wouldn't surprise me one bit if Jefferson's not available if we wind up seeing both of those guys on Saturday. I feel like you kind of talked yourself into on on Hornsby there as you were as you were answering the question. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I feel good about it now. <laughs> I've always thought with with Hornsby, um, my comparison with him has always been Nick Marshall, a guy who was just electric fast, who didn't have to throw the ball, but he was such a dangerous runner that. He had a lot of success throwing. In fact, threw for 2,500 yards that first year he started uh, when he led him to the national championship game because everyone was so f- fearful of him running. And he wasn't that great a passer, but he ended up being because of, of the fear of him running. So, yeah, I don't know. That's, I, I, that's actually a, Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that that's a really good point. And, you know, I, I think regardless, you know, you're probably going to see a lot, of the, a lot of the run game from Arkansas. You do anyway. And, you know, I just when I think about Hornsby – uh, you know, just his presence and his threat as a guy that can take off and run it, uh, that probably helps a guy like Rocket Sanders. You know, mm-hmm. he's a he's a great running back in his own right, but how much more success has he had this season? Because, you know, opposing defenses also have to account for the fact that KJ Jefferson might just pull it back and run it himself. Well, you have that element with Malik Hornsby, and not that Kay Fortin can't use his legs. He, I thought he actually looked kind of fast in that yeah. little scramble against Alabama, but it's, it's a different animal yeah. uh, with what Hornsby's able to do. So I, you know, I think it could add a different dynamic to the running game as well. What I don't want to see is a two quarterback system. I just think that's a recipe for a loss. So I, I would say pick one and go with him. If he's not getting the job done, then, then bring the other guy in. That's how I would approach it. Yeah. The series by series thing rarely, <laughs> rarely ever pans out. Mm-hmm. Do you think Odom defense, with everything that they're dealing with, can can slow down the air raid? They gave up 417 yards last year with a much better secondary. Yeah, they they did, and I I don't know. You know, if they were at not necessarily full health, but uh, you know, maybe just dealing with the guys who are out with season-ending injuries, and maybe I feel a little bit more confident. But they're banged up, uh, you know, with multiple guys back there and. I, I'm just really anxious to see what he does. You know, Paul talked about, uh, you know, teams having success with speed rushers and, you know, maybe throwing Will Rogers off of his timing a little bit there. Uh, I wonder if we still see a lot of that with Arkansas. You know, I, I think it's interesting because Barry Odom kind of laid that blueprint for slowing down the air raid with that drop eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Arkansas hasn't been doing much of that this year. No. So you have, you know, some new faces. You have guys who aren't used to doing that. Uh, and you're already struggling back there in the secondary. So to, you know, in, in one week's time uh, in practice where you've got, you know, wide receivers back there trying to help you at corner and, and everything else, 
how sharp would you be if, if you had to go to that on a full-time basis? So I'm, I'm sure they'll mix it in there a little bit and, and, you know, have a, have a few different looks. And I think they're definitely going to need Drew Sanders and, you know, some of those guys coming off the edge and getting after Will Rogers. But uh, yeah, I, I'm not optimistic, you know, at this point, that they're going to really be able to shut it down. I think you just got to hope that you can contain it, maybe come up with a couple big plays and turnovers that give you a chance to win in the end. Turnovers, penalties, special teams, injuries always play a big role in the game. In fact, that's always four of our five keys to victory no matter what. We always like to pick a random fifth one. And yours this week is straighten things out on third down. Yeah, I, you know, I, I do think that's really important. It's It's been really interesting, uh, you know, kind of watching this Arkansas team uh, they struggled defending third down and, and third and longs. You know, those are the situations where you, I mean, that's where you want to get your opponent, right? But Arkansas has been getting gashed with yardage, you know, defending third and long. I think Alabama was 9 of 14 last week. Uh, you know, Arkansas ranks 13th in the SEC right now. They're allowing opponents to extend their drives on, on third down on 44.3% of their tries. That's a lot. Uh, and then on the flip side, you know, Arkansas needs to be a little bit better about staying on the field and, and maybe getting into some more third manageable situations. You know, the first couple of weeks, I thought they were pretty strong at it. They were converting better than 50% on third down, but they've been struggling since the last three games against Missouri State, A&M, and then Alabama. They're, they're 33.5% at 16 of 45 uh, on third down. And then you look across the field at Mississippi State, who's aggressive. They like to blitz. They've allowed the second fewest third down conversions of the SEC, only 18 uh, over the course of the season. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be important to Arkansas defense, you know, if, if they're going to be able to hold up uh, for the whole game, especially mm-hmm. if Mississippi State's going to throw it at them 60 times or whatever. Man, you got to get off the field when you have the opportunity. I think it's going to be really important. Uh, that's a team that controls time of possession really well, which I think people forget that because they pass so much. But it's a lot of dink and dunk, and, and they'll run the clock out on you. So, you know, when Arkansas has the ball, uh, especially when they've got that rushing attack established and they can kind of control time of possession, sustain some drives, that's important too. So, yeah, I, I think third down, always an important part of the game. I think it's particular key in this one. All right, Curtis. Appreciate you, brother. I'll let you get back to it. I know you got plenty of work left to do. We'll, we <laughs> keep right. you busy, right? <laughs> yeah, keep, keep me busy. I, I love it, though. I love it. All right, brother. <laughs> Appreciate you joining us. Yep, have a good one. All right, everybody. Curtis Wilkerson, again, you can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore. He's a great – he's not just a great follow, but – an important follow, an important follow, especially as basketball is starting to creep up and you see some articles coming out here and there from basketball and, you know, an open practice or something. He's got, I think, one today on just on Kamani Johnson. And uh, I, nobody I've ever encountered covers basketball as well as Curtis, just the, his insight and everything. I don't think a lot of people know he was a you know, former NAIA coach, former NAIA player, administrator, athletic trainer. He's got, he's got a pretty extensive background. Not at the highest level, but, um, you know, uh, on the NAIA level and, um, you know, a lot of teaching. So he can t- tell you a lot of the ins and outs and, and does a good job scouting out players and stuff. You know, when you look at this matchup with Arkansas's defense and, and their offense, you know, they're Mississippi State's 37 points a game, fifth in the SEC out of 14 teams, obviously. But you look at Arkansas's defense and it's, you know, scoring is 13th. Total defense is 13th. Rushing defense is 10th. Passing defense is 12th. Efficiency is 13th. Third down percentage is 13th. Red zone defense is 13th. Takeaways is 10th. The only thing that they're really doing super strong at is sacks and tackles for loss. They're number one in the SEC with 4.2 sacks a game and 6.8 tackles for loss a game, ranking third. 
you know, I mean, you look at the other end and it's, you know, there's a lot of fives and twos when you look at their ranking at Mississippi State. So it's going to be interesting. And I got to say, after talking with Paul a little bit, it kind of makes you feel like man, maybe there is a window, a chance for Arkansas in some capacity. Something happens right, block punt or, um, you know, big turnovers or winning the turnover battle big. Maybe there is an avenue when you think about, you know, if Malik Hornsby can do some things Jaden Daniel did, if um, if you catch some breaks here and there. Of course, if you have KJ playing, then, you know, all bets are off. But maybe there are some, some – I mean, their middle linebacker missing the first part of the game. I mean, that's the first half of the game. That's That's pretty big too. So, we'll see. Will Rogers right now is 171 of 234 passing for 1,715 yards at 73.1% completion percentage, 19 touchdowns, three interception interception with a 158.9 efficiency rating. Dylan Johnson, familiar name, leading them in rushing with 50 carries for 302 yards and a touchdown. Jaquavius Marks, 36 carries for 193 yards. Ra-Ra Thomas, 20 receptions for 359 yards, leads them in receiving, but they have two guys, Caleb Ducking and Rufus Harvey, who lead them in reception with 24 each. Ben Rabin, the kicker, 4-5. That was a problem for him last year. Jet Johnson, leading them in tackles. Linebacker Nathaniel Watson, who mentioned. 46 and 35 tackles for those guys, respectively. We're going to get to your questions now. Let's see. You know, I'm not saying that all old people don't know how to use the Internet. That's not what I'm saying. But I will say that I run into a lot of older couples where I've gone to their house, they're having an Internet problem, and they'll say, well, let me call my Internet guy. You don't need an Internet guy. You shouldn't be having an Internet guy. It should just work. It is 2022. Your internet should just work. There's no dialing up. There's no, you know, AOL, <laughs> Internet Explorer, all that stuff. It's 2022. Your internet should just work. And the problem is it, it's not the case for most services, even still in 2022. But it is the case with Ozarks Go. At least my experience has been 100% uptime for me. I've never once noticed my internet not working. Never once. Never had to unplug it and plug it back in. Never gotten in an argument with my wife over the internet. Why isn't the internet working? I don't know. Being frustrated. I don't even think about it. Sitting up in a closet somewhere upstairs. I mean, pretty nice not to think about the internet. And if you also want to be like that, uh, then you should check out ozarksgo.net slash hog. H-A-W-G. Ozarksgo.net slash hog. Or you can call them at 479-684-4900. If you want to find out more information, but I recommend going to the website. You'll see the check availability icon. You can click that and find out if they're available in your area. Think north of the tunnel. Think eastern Oklahoma. If you have Ozarks Electric, then you probably have Ozarks Go. And if you don't, then maybe you still do too. Ozarksgo.net slash hog. I'm going to put a link in the description below so you can click on it and check it out. If you're on mobile, there's a drop-down menu. Check availability through that. So check out our friends at Ozarks Go. I've been very pleased and give my stamp of approval on those guys. Questions? If you like the show, want to find out a way to support it, click that link, check those guys out. Arkansas needs this game so bad. Definitely backs against the wall. Now, they lost three games last year and still won nine games, eight in the regular season. I just – it makes you uncomfortable thinking about K.J. being out. That's the big thing, right? 
if KJ's not out, you feel a lot better. But no, there's no question that um, the secondary has been beaten up pretty bad. And that's a problem. Hadn't been tackling well either, not just the secondary linebacker too. Mississippi State should have smoked LSU though. Scott McAfee says, if we have to start Hudson Clark at any position in the secondary, we are in trouble. Scott, come on, man. He's not even the biggest problem. Like, everybody picks out Hudson Clark, and I'm not saying he's great or anything, but I think it's pretty obvious what we were saying. He's not your biggest problem in the secondary. He just isn't. But let's pick him out every single time. George Ulmer says, Trey, do you know if Catalan is back with the team? I know Sam may have said him some time off. Uh, as of now, I don't know that he's been around him a whole lot. I know he's been around players, yeah. I, I don't know if he's, like, back with the team, but I know he's still hanging out with the guys. Tommy Atkins says, Trey, I've seen so many posts about Pittman as just trying to be – a friend, not a coach. No, that's not true. And seeing a lot of people saying we need a new, new coaches as people don't know what they're talking about. I think that's just stupidity. I agree. Anyways, people get emotional, first of all. I get it. People are emotional. That's one of the beauties of college football, the highs and the lows. The I told you so's. Do not use without special permission to tradebhawksports.com, by the way. I just made that up. The highs and lows and the told you so's. Anyway, shaking up the secondary a bit a little bit, so I hope that helps. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, secondary is just a concern. I think it will be all season. It's unfortunate. Anthony Longinotti says, do you see Arkansas slowing it down on offense to try to shorten the game? I mean, I think they're going to try to run the ball. I don't think there's any question about that. I would. I would. I mean, just do what you do best, and naturally you're going to shorten the game running the ball. But they're, they're not going to slow down. I mean, they're still going to rush up to the line of scrimmage after first down and run a play as fast as possible. Norman Hunt says, I feel like we'll probably use both quarterbacks. I hope not. I hope not. I hope that's not what they decide to do. I just think that's a rest. I think I almost feel like you, you guarantee you're going to lose the game if you have a rotating quarterback system. I mean, I get it. If a guy's not getting it done, you bring the other guy in. I feel like we'll probably use both quarterbacks in an effort to see which one has the hot hand. The running game will be very important in timely passing. I mean, if you do that, like, then you need to make a decision pretty early and go with that guy. That's my opinion. Justin Williams says people are just going to have to understand that Coach Pitt just can't come out to the press and truly say how he feels about the team that – can't say that word. Stays in house at football. Trust me, it's not the same person in the locker room. Promise you, he's out in their ass. He is. People um, would see that if they go out to practice. I mean, he's he's good when he needs to be. He's funny when he needs to be. Supportive when he needs to be. And he gets in people's ass when he needs to. There's no question about that. He is a football coach. I've seen it go both ways. I've seen coaches that don't do it the way I would think needs to be done and coaches that do. Pittman has my support right now. I'll just say that. he's He's got my support. He's in a tough situation right now with the secondary and his quarterback being out. They shouldn't have lost that Texas A&M game. Now, I said before the season also, they'll probably lose one they shouldn't and they'll probably win one they shouldn't. Now, the one I thought that they would lose that they shouldn't was Auburn, but I think they win Auburn now. I just think Auburn's a mess. Um, but I think they just lost one they shouldn't in Texas A&M. And they win one they shouldn't. I kind of feel like maybe that's Mississippi State. Maybe the best chance. Maybe it's BYU the next week. I don't know if you'd say they shouldn't win BYU, 
but it is a, a game that a lot of people picked Arkansas to lose in the preseason. I think Arkansas is going to have a better team than them. I've said before, Arkansas can win all seven of these games individually. I'm not saying they're going to, but I'm saying when you took take each one and say, can Arkansas win that game? Yeah, on all seven. Mark Douglas says, do you think Dominic Johnson is far behind conditioning-wise? I don't think so at this point. I mean, obviously he's got enough conditioning to run the ball more than two times. He also averaged um, more yards per carry, five and a half yards carry on those two runs. I mean, it's just two runs, but at 11 yards. I, I want to see Dominic Johnson more. I think if you want to move the chains, keep the ball moving, Rocket Sanders, Dominic Johnson. If you want to mix it up, sprinkle a guy in here and there, A.J. Green or DeBinion. Maybe pick DeBinion at this point. But, I mean, to me, those are your two backs, Rocket and Dominic. Keep the chains moving. Timothy David Long says, I could see a classic last-second miracle play for Arkansas to come out on top. I don't know if I could, my heart can handle that. Norman Hunt says, unless one of them are able to prove something in practice. Talking about using both quarterbacks, yeah. No white helmets. Ditto. I agree with that, Timothy. Cardinal only, says Norman Hunt. Adrian Jones says, I say use both quarterbacks depending on the situation of the game. I disagree with you, Adrian, which usually doesn't happen between us. Brenda Morgan Fletcher says, let's mix it up with the running backs. Put in Malik. He's amazing. Just like Coach said first year when we beat Mississippi State, we all we have is what we need. There, yeah, that's a good reference, Brenda. Did we need a bunch of new recruits? No. We needed everybody that got on the plane. Tell them that message again. Norman Hunt says, maybe it's because I'm used to seeing 235-pound K.J. Jefferson, but Hornsby looks kind of small to play SEC. I mean, he's probably similar in size to um, Jaden Daniel at LSU. But, no, he's not a hulking quarterback. But K.J.'s probably more like 245, probably about 240 right now. Dustin Hoofman says, Trey, agree or disagree, use Hornsby as a slot receiver. I compare him to Joe Adams, elusive in space. If they're not going to play him at quarterback in this game, then maybe. I mean, if they had better situation at quarterback, you'd almost say just move him over there this season. But they've got the situation with KJ, so they got to use him. At, they got to practice him at quarterback all week. They can't just practice him at wide receiver. They, they could need him. You know, he may start. Galen Brown says, I would like a track softball baseball section on Hog Sports independently. I mean, we cover baseball in full. I'll be honest with you, as popular as baseball might be in the state, it is a wash for us. Like, we're not – we're just doing it and, you know, basically paying for ourselves. There's no – there's not making – generating any revenue. Um, we'll never cover softball probably unless it's, you know, something like last year going to the College World Series or something. Um or track, uh, we we just can't. And the reason is, like, you might go to a softball game and, and people say they want it, okay? People say they want it. Uh, but we might spend five hours sending a guy to a softball game um, and, you know, maybe 100 people at best will, will view the article. And in those five hours, I could have written a 20-minute – I could have spent 20 minutes writing a football story that's going to get thousands. You know, just a thrown-together, half-done football. Not that I would do that, but I could and get thousands of views. It just doesn't make any sense from us from a manpower standpoint to do that. And if we did that, we're also going to take away from some of our coverage in other sports. I'm sorry it's like that, but there's not enough people that want that, want that coverage or want us to take away from our coverage of the three major sports. 
And, and I mean, baseball, like we didn't cover baseball for a long time because I've seen the numbers on it, but we do now just because, um, you know, people want it enough to where it's not costing us money to do it. It's we're just treading water covering baseball. We really are. Until you get to, you know, postseason stuff, then it obviously picks up dramatically. Philip Doolin says, did we lose another safety or are they just shaking things up with Clark? I mean, Slusher's been injured with a calf. Obviously, Catalan's out. Um, Ladarius Bishop's out at cornerback. So, they, yeah, they feel the need to shake some things up. I think it's probably a positive move to put him over there. Just you got to, you know, I don't think that anybody's been playing exceptionally good, at, in, in, you know, in the secondary. Probably – Probably McLaughlin has been playing the best out of anybody in the secondary, and he's given up things too, but he's also made some big plays. Kalen Brown says, I wanted Pittman as my number one coach. I thought it would need five years to turn us around solidly. I mean, they still have some time. Like, again, you know, like I was saying in the walk and talk, I look at this offensive line for the future, and they are absolutely massive, like a group that is not going to get pushed around by anybody, you know. Um, they just need some more time to cook. The bet, the offensive line they have now is not as big or, you know, as high a ceiling in my opinion, but they're very veteran. You know, they've been playing together a long time. There's a lot to be said for that. So maybe why you don't have like a lot of NFL guys on this offensive line um, where you might in the younger classes, you have a very cohesive unit. The offensive line has been, I mean, they paved the way for 101 rushing yards for Rocket Sanders against Alabama. That doesn't happen that much. Don Eldred says 63. Am I old? Question mark. No. It's just a number, my brother. Did we lose another say? Uh, Jody Gar- Jordy Garcia says, this is Arkansas's first true road game. Do you think the O-line can handle the crowd noise? I mean, it's a veteran offensive line, so, yeah, I think they will. Norman Hunt says, I'll be 58 this month. The only problem is I have thumb-texting typos. Jason Doyle says, did you actually see KJ practice yesterday? Well, yesterday with practice was closed because it was Wednesday. We only get Monday and Tuesday open. Don Eldred says, what's the issue with Breeny? I mean, he's just been okay. Hasn't been great, I think. that's. I don't know if it's an issue or just that's – he's just he's just okay. He's good, okay. He's not great. I haven't seen anything to make me think that. Jason, what, Justin Williams, do you think Catalan will come back next season? I think that's a million-dollar question for him. I mean, on one hand, you want to prove yourself healthy and get through a season and prove your draft stock based on that. And on the other hand, um, you know, maybe is it time to go to the NFL? I'm sure he's had in his head the last two years he would probably end up in the NFL and hasn't because of injuries. So do you risk not getting drafted and trying to make a team, hoping they'll think that you'll stay healthy? I mean, he just needs to get that shoulder healthy and then make and then think about what he wants to do. Alan Wayne Grilly. Alan Wayne Grilly says, I'm just surprised our offensive play book hasn't been open more. We don't really threaten all three levels of the opponent's D. Yeah, throwing deep over the middle of the field has not been part of this playbook at all. And it feels like they have guys that could do that, big wide receivers with speed. Maybe they will. Tyler Miller says, I love DeBinion. I think he's an NFL prospect, good speed and footwork, footwork and runs hard. I like DeBinion a lot too. I just think you go with two backs, you got to pick two. You got to pick two and sprinkle a third in, but mainly two. Dustin Hoofman says, Trey Biddy, appreciate the honest work and the guys around you. Great job and love the show. Appreciate that, Dustin. Jackie Price says, Johnson is physical and can punish defenders. Yep, always falls forward. Always falls forward. Hornsby over Thompson. Changed my mind, Trey. Thompson? Warren Thompson? 
oh, playing wide receiver. I can't change your mind right now. Thompson hasn't been as good as I thought maybe he would be. He's he's done some good things here and there, but I'll tell you another thing. Like Hazelwood hasn't been like extraordinary. He's been good. He's been a good SEC receiver, but he hasn't been like number one wide receiver in the country type good by far. And I think I, something I would like to see with him a little more is a little more you know, throws down the field. It seems like they are just determined to throw short passes to him and let him try to turn into a running back. And he's okay at it, but he's not, like, electric. You know, he's big and physical and pretty elusive. But I, I don't know that I love the way that they're using Hornsby right now. Or, excuse me, not Hornsby, but uh, Hazelwood. Well, I haven't seen the wide receiver from Fayetteville, says Jonathan Parker, Isaiah Satania. Uh, he's been injured, but um, just haven't seen him. But he's been – he's obviously – he's back, but he's been injured. Tony Ash's wildcat formation with Hornsby. Evan Baker says, will the team do any special conditioning to play in the mountains at BYU? I guess maybe you could wear those masks, those oxygen deprivation masks. <laughs> Scott Melton says, why move a receiver to secondary when you have two four-stars from West Tennessee on the roster? Jess Williams says, why have we not seen any of our freshman wide receivers this season? We've seen Bakke on special teams. Satania's been hurt some. I mean, it's just been – McAdoo has played on special teams also. But – I think it's just you got those other guys. I don't think they're just playing bad. I mean, it's just they've been good. They've been better than, as I said, man, two through 12 last year. They're better depth-wise at wide receiver, even even given what they're, you know, been producing. It's just you don't – you know, Traylon Burks was just on a different level from anybody that they have right now. All right, everybody. One more time, if you haven't uh, subscribed to the channel – be sure to do so. Or if you haven't followed the page on Facebook, you haven't subscribed on YouTube, be sure to do that. And, um, yeah, hit the notifications bell as well uh, after you subscribe so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. And throw us that five-star review on Apple Podcast. It's important. We need it. We need a five-star review from you. Subscribe. Follow, like, comment, share, all those good things. If you haven't done any of them, help us out. All right, everybody. Uh, I won't be in Starkville on Saturday. The 11 o'clock messed me up on my travel, but um, it's just a tough place to get to, especially with all the responsibilities I have as publisher versus just being a writer now. So uh, we'll be doing the walk and talk probably from the neighborhood, maybe at a nearby track or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Hopefully it'll be a good one. But we'll see. All right, everybody, thanks for joining the show. And thanks to Paul Jones for joining us and Curtis Wilkerson, of course, for providing their insight on the game. And thanks to all of you for consuming our free content and, of course, our VIP subscribers. We really appreciate you for uh, really supporting the show and supporting the website. Wouldn't be able to do what we do without you. So if you haven't signed up, you want to check us out, go to hogsports.com and check us out. And if uh, if football's not your thing, if you're down on the football team, which you shouldn't be yet, there's still a lot of football to go, uh, basketball is right around the corner, and that's certainly going to be exciting. And nobody covers Razorback basketball better than Curtis Wilkerson and Andrew Ellis as well. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time.
Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.